Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome into Bet the Edge. Thank you to those of you watching on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Joined by Drew Densick, I'm Sarah Perlman with you. And coming up, Justin Beasley, who covers the Titans down in Nashville. He'll join us and explain what the offense could look like this year now that Arthur Smith is gone. And if the team is the rightful favorite in the division. Drew and I will also break down which lines we're targeting with that team this season. And of course, edge of the day, all that and so much more coming up right here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. We hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Thanks for being with us on this Monday. Drew, how was your weekend? Before we get into the NFL, a little bit Olympics, tied the bow on that. California, great weather. Catch me up here. <laughs> it was a fun weekend. We do get to put a bow on the Olympics. It's it's kind of sad, honestly. The last two weeks were a lot of fun, and now we got to put it in the books. Uh, but the good news is the Winter Olympics will be here in February. And then uh, we only have to wait three years for the next iteration of the Summer Olympics, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, just a little housekeeping. Russia makes their number. Australia makes their number. U.S. did not, although amazingly, they come across with the most gold medals in the field thanks to a huge surprise gold medal, 25-1, to 1, Jennifer Valente. 
in the women's omnium track cycling on the last day of the Olympics steals gold from the Japanese keeps the Japanese at 27 very sharp number by the way by our friends at points bet the rest <laughs> of the market had 27 and a half gold medals points bet held 26 and a half so that landed smack dab in the middle there um, but ultimately it was a super successful Olympics a lot of thank you to the people I mean if you got into sort of the NBC sports app or the you know the Olympics channel and saw how much content they produced and how high the quality was across all of these sports it was really just an incredible entertaining experience for the viewers and really a lot of credit a lot of thanks to everyone who put that event together yeah well said it was an incredible series of events awesome olympics happy it went so well successful healthy and now as you mentioned three more years till i get to listen to you handicap Olympics <laughs> yet again and i count down the day seriously drew did an awesome job breaking down the Olympics, giving his gold medal totals and a lot of swimming and track winners along the way. So kudos to Drew. And we now move on because it's NFL season. And I'm very excited as we go along to see not only what Drew and I have to say, but everyone else that will join us a part of the NBC Sports Edge team. We'll dig into a ton of NFL lines on our football futures show on NBC Sports Edge. Drew, myself, Warren Sharp, and a ton of other members on our Edge team will get you ready for the NFL season. The show will be live on our YouTube channel channel Wednesday, this Wednesday, August 11th at 8 p.m. And throughout this show as well on Bet the Edge, we'll continue to break down different NFL futures, lines, et cetera, that we are looking at. But let's start with the Tennessee Titans. And for that, we welcome in Justin Beasley, who covers the Titans for the NBC affiliate down in Nashville. Justin, thank you so much for taking the time. A lot's been said about this team, especially in their division, and people are very high on them because of their offense, but also because of the rest of their division and issues going on in the AFC South. So I look at the offense. I start there because that's the bread and butter of this team. But Arthur Smith is now at the Atlanta Falcons has the head coaching job. And that has certainly been uh, a big point of discussion for us because I loved Arthur Smith and what he was able to do with Ryan Tannehill and his weapons. So what will this offense ultimately look like with Todd Downing and how high are you on this new offense? I'm as high as you can be. Todd Downing comes in as the former tight ends coach, which is the same promotion that Arthur Smith got. Todd Downing at least has the experience uh, with the Raiders beforehand of at least being able to call plays and, and have that pressure. But right now, I mean, you look at Arthur Smith, he laid the foundation in two years uh, as far as calling the plays. A heavy dose of Derrick Henry, which Matt LaFleur, uh, as, as creative as he is in Green Bay, uh, did not do enough of until December two years ago with Derrick Henry. So I think the offense is going to look pretty similar to years past. A heavy dose of Derrick Henry. It's a run-first mantra. That's kind of how the organization, Mike Vrabel, uh, the entire city is kind of, you know, the chip on the shoulder. So I expect to see uh, just as much of Derrick Henry, if not more, this year. But now you have the luxury of throwing to a Pro Bowl receiver and A.J. Brown. And let's not forget Corey Davis now with the Jets. He had nearly 1,000 yards last year. Julio Jones is going to step into that spot. Obviously, he's going to attract more attention from cornerbacks and all that. And believe it or not, locally here, he's not thought of highly and, and definitely nationally. But Anthony Ferkser, uh, Kevin Byard has compared him to Delaney Walker a little bit. So you're looking at an offense, and you know the offensive line is really good with Roger Saffold and Taylor Lewan, an offense that is balanced and can be one of the best in the league. If they stay healthy, you know that's hard to do in the NFL, but they got a plethora of options to go through after a couple of weeks um, if they have any injuries throughout the season. 
Okay. All right. Well, I, I share some enthusiasm, and I like the the you know the fact that they, can you can lightning strike twice where you promote your tight ends coach and he just steps right into the job and runs a perfect perfect offense. They're hoping but, so. Yeah. This, but the questions and a couple of things you said there are kind of concerning, and it all revolves around Derrick Henry and how much he was used last year. Yes, he is superhuman. I get that. Yes, his performance last year and what he was able to do in terms of statistical accomplishments was mind blowing, but. That much usage over two seasons in a row now uh, has a has a chance to wear and tear on a guy. Are we at all concerned about uh, you know the fatigue of how much he was used last year? I mean, did that number one did that impact them in the uh, playoff game against the Ravens? And number two, uh, you know, what are we looking out for as we see Derrick Henry start this season because he gets off to a slow start sometimes. He's a freak of nature. I didn't think Lightning was going to strike twice last year, being back to back rushing champs. You see. Even on Sports Center, they show his, you know, highlight videos as far as what he does in the offseason with working out. He's certainly in shape for it, but you know, I wasn't a big fan of, you know, the Titans signing him for big money, and they they got a sizable contract with him, uh, one that worked for him and the Titans, maybe even more so for the Titans, just because of the wear and tear for a running back. You can just get another one in the draft, but he's a generational type talent. I don't know if he can replicate that this year. Uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he doesn't have the same dose. Maybe they brought in Julio so they can uh, still be run first, but not be afraid to pass. You mm -hmm. mentioned, you know, uh, did it bite him in the butt uh, in the home playoff game against Baltimore? Baltimore basically told Ryan Tannehill to beat them without Derrick Henry. They were going to stop Derrick Henry. They put nine in the box and were able, eight or nine in the box, were able to uh, obviously come out of there with the win. As you see, Ryan Tannehill hasn't had a great playoff run with the Titans, even if you look at the AFC Championship run. He really didn't throw for that many yards. You're going to need more of that from him. Maybe Julio adds that, but I don't know that he can do this for a third straight year. If so, it'd be the it'd be the best three-year stretch of, of any running back in NFL history, especially today when it's a passing game. So it, it'll definitely be interesting to see. They're definitely giving him a light load in training camp, so maybe they're preparing for that. But, you know, the questions early in the year last year with how many reps he was getting, Mike Rabel didn't want to hear any of that. He's mm -hmm. like, hey, football – Guys are young. He's healthy. We're gonna we're gonna give him the rock and stop it. So maybe <laughs> maybe he changes that mantra this year, but we'll see. I am interested to hear that they're giving him a light load in training camp, and I am not surprised by that whatsoever. Just to reiterate the prop for Derrick Henry, if any of our listeners are interested in buying in, his total for rushing yards is 1,500 and a half, 1,500 and a half. The under on points bet, juice to minus 140. You can get the over in some plus money at plus 110. No NFL running back that rushed for 2,000 plus yards did it twice in their career, let alone back-to-back, -back, which we've talked about Derrick Henry going for. However, points bet taking heavy action on that over, no surprise. More than 80% of the bet count in a handle betting on Derrick Henry to eclipse over 1,500 rushing yards for this season. Now, a lot to be excited for, as you alluded to, about this offense with the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, but their defense has struggled. Last year struggled mightily. This year, I think a lot of people expect the same. So I see you giving your thumbs down, but a team that you're high on ultimately has to have a good a good defense, regardless of their 52-point differential last season, this is a team that needs to fill some holes. So ultimately, maybe the Dupree signing, what do you make of this defense? It seems like you're down on them again. Not again, but they could win the division if they're as bad as they were last year. Mike Vrabel didn't have a lot of confidence in Shane Bowen last year. He told us at the end of season presser that he was a defensive coordinator. The whole time we were thinking that Mike Vrabel was, which he was, he just didn't give him the assignment, although he was willing to give you know, the offensive coordinator assignment away earlier this year. 
to Todd Downing. I'm not high on the defense just because they've kind of got some misfit pieces. You know, Jack Rabbit Jenkins comes in. Uh, I think Bud Dupree is going to be great. He can't be any worse than Vic Beasley or Jadavian Clowney. He's certainly not going to cost as much. They've got some good pieces. I mean, Kevin Byard, an MTSU product locally here, he w- he'll tell you, you know, he didn't have a great year last year. But they're going to have some young guys step in like Amani Hooker, Dane Crookshank, guys that you wouldn't know if we walked into Publix with them. Uh, they're going to have to step up in a big way this year. Rashawn Evans is on a contract year. Jayon Brown will be healthy. But they need they need somebody like Bud Dupree to get multiple sacks this year because it's been since 2017 they've had somebody with 10-plus sacks. And that has been the detriment of this defense is uh, getting after the quarterback, which has uh, been non-existent. Yeah, I, I don't know that they fix that on the fly, and especially because you have all of this now, this youth in the secondary. That's There's going to be a lot of pressure on this team. And realistically, there's, uh, there's going to be a lot of coin flip games. There's going to be a lot of opportunities where they're going to have to come back in games. And as we look at their schedule, they are neither favored nor dogs by more than a touchdown any week until week 11. So there's a lot of coin flips going on here through the first half of the season. It could break either way. What was interesting uh, looking at the um, the AFC South market, obviously the Colts, things went sideways for them in a hurry <laughs> out of trading camp. And you would have thought that there would have been a huge market shift in terms of win probability from like what was a, we don't know, Colts, Titans could be either one to, okay, now clearly the Titans ought to be favored. Titans really only went from about plus 100 to minus 140. That's only about an 8% adjustment in terms of their likelihood to win the AFC South. Do you think that that was a fair enough adjustment or do you think the market's still uh, a little shy on how much this team uh, is the clear, uh, most talented, most likely to win this division? I think it's a little shy, honestly. I mean, the Titans got the monkey off their back last year by winning the division, so I don't think that same pressure is there. I thought they were pretty a solid, decent favorites to win. I think the Colts have a really good Super Bowl roster. People forget they played the, the Bills to a touchdown game, the playoffs at their place, a really good team. But you look at the Titans and what they were able to do last year. They add Julio Jones, which by all accounts, he's healthy. He still got it. Uh, you just got to learn how to manage that over a season with a new team. You see what happened to Carson Wentz. Indianapolis isn't going to win the division with anybody that's on that roster right now. Jacksonville will be more formidable than last year just because of they fixed the quarterback issue with Trevor Lawrence. Houston, obviously, it doesn't look like Deshaun Watson's ever going to play another down for them. So I think Tennessee should be heavy favorites. I think the way the schedule sets up, they play the Colts twice before Carson Wentz comes back. They're almost looking at a really good seed, a one, two, three, more than they are worried about a division. But that's easy for me to say in my office. Uh, They're not going to say that publicly. Well, I think that's all the questions we have. Drew and I will continue to wrap up this division. Justin, we can't thank you enough for your time. Happy to hear that. You're loving training camp. We look forward to seeing your coverage for the rest of the season covering the Tennessee Titans. You can follow Justin on Twitter at WSMV, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you all so much. Have a good show. See you. Fantasy football drafting season is upon us. Be ready with the perfect companion, an NBC Sports Edge Plus subscription. Get draft guides, player projections, rankings, and more to gain an edge with us this season. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Now, by no surprise, Justin is high on the Tennessee Titans, and surely it does make sense given their offense, Drew. Now, before we get into some actionable props that you and I are looking at, not only with this team, but in their division a little bit, what is your overall temperature on the Tennessee Titans? I know you love Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, it's funny. I have a funny history with them because I was super confident that they were going to win the AFC South last year going into the season. I was just like, I didn't really buy into the Phillip Rivers had one more year kind of thing. And I was just like, oh, this, the Titans had such an easy start to their season. Just home, home, home. They never had to travel until like November, it felt like. But, you know, when it was all said and done, they get the division title. It was so close. It came down to the very end of that, of that uh, season. They had to get a win against the lowly Texans in week 17, and it was close. You know, that was it was a painful sweat on a Titans AFC South. And now I kind of feel like I dodged a bullet last year and <laughs> I did not want to get involved with this team this year. But surely the Colts have taken a meaningful step backwards. Now, we don't know if the Colts are going to make a move. Right. The Colts could entirely make a move, bring in another quarterback uh, and not go to war here with Eason or, you know, Wentz, Wentz could come back. There's still a very small sliver of hope that Wentz is not, uh, you know, washed. But that said, this is still going to be a pretty competitive division because, as as we mentioned, Titans have a lot of coin flips mm -hmm. a lot. And I don't know that I trust sort of the vision of Mike Vrabel to kind of bring in a new offensive coordinator, not lean too heavily on Derrick Henry, who may be quite tired. And I think you could find yourself in a lot of coin flip type games in the first half of this season where you are asking your offense to come to be play comeback. Come back, you're, you're down, and you're going to ask Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball, put it through the air, get your team back in opportunity to win games. And I think that's going to be the blueprint for this team. If I'm going to bet them in season, it's probably going to be at halftime when they're down by a touchdown or two, right? It's going to be like, can, can, you know, can they throw their way back in? That right. feels like the recipe, the path to victory for the Titans this year. And the comeback mantra that you're talking about is the way I'm handicapping this team, and we'll get into that in a second in the prop market. But we just showed a graphic basically showing points bet in their win total and how it has evolved. And this opened at nine and a half and was ultimately bet down to nine wins. That's where they are right now, a nine win total in this 2021 season. They had a 52 point differential and went 11 and five in the 2021 season, a dynamic offense, but a terrible defense. And ultimately, I do think they will be playing comeback a lot in the second yeah. half. And that's a great way to attack it. We showed the way that you give us your handicap and ultimately their strength of schedule um, on that graphic, which I think is interesting to the fact that they are not favored or dogs by more than a touchdown till week 11, which is crazy to me. So the nine does seem like a fair win total. I have not got involved. I have not gotten involved with the win total. Have you? No, I, I honestly, I would have leaned under, but like you just brought it up, that, that under got hit 
bang, quick. right on the open <laughs> real quick, nine and a half down to nine. And so now you're like, okay, well, I've already lost half a win. Do I still go to the window and make that bet? No, I usually pass. I don't want to take the worst of the number, but I don't, I don't want to give away a half win here in this spot. So, you know, I, I do think the, that the right mantra is going to be, this is going to be a team that's going to compete. They are live in any game. They mm -hmm. can score 30 points on any given day. So I think realistically you want to back them as a dog. If they underperform early, if the market is giving you five, six, seven points against you know some of the upper echelon teams, I'll take those. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not going to lay points with this team. And I'm certainly not going to lay them pregame when, we, uh, when I'm expecting that they're going to have a lot of slow starts. What do you? What did you think of that? That 500 yard adjustment from last year is a lot, but you brought up the stat: the second year after 20 after 2,000 yards is not a great year for running backs. I was at the game with the Ravens versus the Titans when the Ravens came to Tennessee last season, and the one thing that stood out to me is if you sell out to Derrick Henry, you could stop this offense and surely him. Ultimately, that's not going to happen every game, and there's another game this season. I'm happy they're resting him, but I I, I do think because of that stat that we're talking about that no running back has rushed over 2000 yards twice in their career, let alone back to back is why it's 1500. And that's why it's a stay away. I think that it could be a get a bet game by game basis. And that's the way I would attack Derek Henry. I do want to say uh, no Arthur Smith. That is a huge, that's going to have a huge impact on this offense. I loved Arthur Smith. He was incredible what he did with this offense. I'll be excited to see Downing. I know that Justin was really high on him, but still coming out of a tight ends coach to a very much or a different role under Mike Rabel will have an impact at the beginning of the season, learning this offense still as they go along. But since Ryan Tannehill has became the starting quarterback for Tennessee, 18 and eight, that is the sixth best win rate in the NFL, averaging over 30 points a game since he's been the quarterback. So I know you're high on Ryan Tannehill and those numbers certainly indicate why. There's a prop that, that we talked about off air. So tell me a little bit about how you can get involved with Ryan Tannehill here. Yeah, this is an interesting one just because it speaks to a lot of what we're, you know, okay. I think they're going to be behind in a lot of games. Right. I think they're going to have opportunities to come back in a lot of games. They're playing a lot of defenses that aren't all that impressive, especially in terms of their pass defense. So how do all of these things come together? Well, you're probably going to be throwing your way back into games where you have a deficit. And to that degree, Ryan Tannehill's passing yardage is likely under capped. And he threw for 3,800 yards last year. You add a game this year. Yes, he is, he's been able to stay relatively healthy. He's a tough guy. He avoids the big hits even when he does get hit. He is, he is running less. He is passing more. You add a second dynamic wide receiver in Julio Jones, although my expectations for him are a little cool. I still think this is going to be a dynamic passing offense you know, as they are asked to come back into games. And so over 4,175 passing yards makes a ton of sense to me. And I, I think that's really the only way I can attack this team in, in, you know, with the current numbers that are up right now. I love this. And it kind of goes hand in hand with the way that I'm looking at AJ Brown. This was bet up tremendously, 1175 two weeks ago. Now we're looking at over 1200 receiving yards for AJ Brown. That is a little bit high, but that being said, he played 14 games in 2020. He had 1,075 receiving yards, caught 66% of the passes. If I look back to how he did in his first season, 1,051, right out of the draft rookie season. Obviously, we've seen improvement. And last year, he played just 14 games due to an injury. Another game this season, similar to why you like Ryan Tannehill. I love A.J. Brown. I think they're going to miss Corey Davis. I'm a little bit cooler on Julio Jones, just like you said. So 
I think the only way to attack A.J. Brown would be to go over. He's dynamic. This offense is going to be playing comeback. I love the look for Ryan Tannehill, and I also love this look for A.J. Brown. I'm a huge fan of him embedding the fantasy space. So for me, I love the over A.J. Brown. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that at all. I expect A.J. Brown to have a top 10 wide receiver season uh, in every 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 respect of the word. He is great with yards after the catch, even beyond just uh, what he can do in terms of creating space and getting open downfield and has a great chemistry with Ryan Tannehill. So mm -hmm. this is a really solid look. And, you know, he doesn't play an especially difficult string of defenses. There's mm -hmm. only a handful of defenses here where you have a true CB1 who can go 1v1 versus him. And even that, like he has size advantage over guys like Trey White and Stephon Gilmore, who he'll face this year. Really, it's only the the Rams game where he goes up against Jalen Ramsey uh, and uh, that I think that he's going to have, you know, potentially a different difficult matchup otherwise there are some soft pass defenses on this schedule he gets to play the Jags twice he gets to play the Texans twice he gets to play the Jets he's going to rack up some serious yards in these games averaged almost 77 yards per game and an 18-week schedule if you do the calculations that would come to over 1300 receiving yards probably why 71 percent of the handle on this prop has gone over for A.J. Brown and it has been bet up and I'm sure it will continue to do so as we get ready for preseason games. The AFC South fairly quickly here. We're going to get to edge of the day in a minute. We can break that down throughout the week. And as I mentioned, on Wednesday at 8 p.m., we will be doing our football future show on our YouTube channel. So we'll get a, more in depth about this. But your overall feelings on taking Tennessee to win their division. I know you mentioned it's more of a stay away because of last season. But there's so many question marks with the other teams. Is it a stay away altogether? Or how do you encapsulate this, this division? I think the right plan of attack is wait and see. Mm -hmm. Minus 140 is too much right now. I'm not laying that preseason. There's still too much, too many questions swirling about this team with the offense coming in brand new. Um, and I took a long shot flyer on uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars earlier this offseason at 11 to 1. It's down to plus 650 right now. Oh, I think fine. that's pretty close to fair. I'm not diving into this market at this point. I think you need a little more information before you can get involved. Realistically, there's a couple of early games in the season that are going to swing things either way in this division. By the time we get half way through the season it's going to be a lot more clear uh what you have uh, you know in front of you so I, I i don't know that you're really running to get in front of this market right now right i'm in agreement in terms of liability the tennessee titans are first with points bet in numbers of in terms of liability and then it is the jacksonville jaguars 11 to 1 now plus 650 people believe in trevor lawrence and urban meyer we'll see what they can get done but a lot of betters rushing to back jacksonville we appreciate you listening to Bet the Edge. Wherever you may be listening, make sure to rate the pod and, of course, sign up. We're giving you all the actionable information you need in just about 30 minutes or less, Monday through Friday. The lines move fast as we are showing on the graphics every single day, and we want to make sure you are getting an edge with us. And of course, you can hit us up on Twitter. We love hearing from you. You can uh, reach out to Sarah at Sarah Perlman. You can give her a, uh, a pat on the back for hitting her burger top 10 Woo! plus 175 at St. Jude. That was a no doubter. That was a ton of fun. Uh, also, great UFC handicap by you last weekend. That was, uh, you know, we got to get more compliments again, Drew. I was going to get, yeah, I got to get some more UFC nuggets from you. I didn't have a go to USC handicapper. Now I can lean on you. This is huge. So, this is great. Took me about two weeks to prep for that one. So, I appreciate that. You got to give me a two week advance and then I'll really get the numbers right. Um, I love it. But, yeah, great work by you. Thank you. We very much look forward to giving our edge of the day when it's NFL plays and college football plays. And we're getting so close. But for edge of the day, 
there's tennis. And my guy, Drew Dinsick, handicaps tennis probably better than anyone you know. So, Drew, the floor is yours. Yeah, so we are entering an interesting time of the season. Uh, obviously, the NFL is dominating my head right now. I'm mostly thinking about what is coming with the NFL, uh, but that doesn't mean that the tennis season sleeps. In fact, this is a super important part of the tennis season. We have a two-week run-up right now where we have two back-to-back -back Masters tournaments. The Masters are the next tier of tournaments below the slams in terms of points given to the players, in terms of money awarded, and this tournament is effectively the Canadian U.S. Open, or it's the Canadian, it's the Canadian Open. Uh, it used to be called the Rogers Cup for some totally unknown reason. They've rebranded it the National Bank Open. They changed the trophy again. Either way, it's a funny tournament because they go to Canada every year. They send the men to Toronto. They send the women to Montreal, and then they switch up locations every year. So you never know if it's in, you know, which which surface, which stadium you're in, you know, which language are they going to be speaking? Like, it's, it's a funny uh, cap every single year. The men haven't played in Toronto, actually, since 2018, where Rafa Nadal hosted the trophy. And uh, this is, again, this is a big, important tournament for everyone everyone who's kind of in the upper middle class on the ATP tour, right? If you don't have a slam to your name, if you don't have the ranking points that are going to, is going to assure you a favorable draw at every slam, you need to get as many points as possible in this tournament. You need to get as much money as possible in this tournament to sort of afford, you know, what you want to keep up your lifestyle. So this is a big deal this week in Canada. Next week we go to Cincinnati. We do it all again with the Cincinnati masters. And then they get a week off before the U S open starts, which is really sort of the U S open is kind of closing the book on the tennis season for me. Uh, fourth slam of the season. Uh, and this is going to be a really exciting uh, next next four or five weeks of tennis. So as we look at the National Bank Open today up in Toronto, there is one match that stands out this afternoon that is, has me scratching my head in terms of price. Canadian uh, Vasek Pospisil is taking on American Tommy Paul. Tommy Paul is having a great season. Pospisil, on the other hand, has not looked himself. It has been a while since we have seen peak Pospisil. Uh, and given the uh, the fast court speed conditions, uh, and you know, I, I guess Pospisil is catching some momentum because he's playing in Canada and he is Canadian, I suppose. Um, but he is well past his peak in terms of tennis performance, where I think Tommy Paul is coming on. And the X factor here is Tommy Paul came through qualifying. So he's played with these balls. He's played on this court. He is completely adjusted to what is going on in Toronto. I think that gives him the advantage here in what otherwise is a 50-50 match. And so I have played Tommy Paul to advance at plus 100. First head-to-head -head match plus money, Tommy Paul. I love it. The name may change of this tournament, but I'm over all over Tommy Paul with you. From tennis, we wrap up the show with baseball. And like you, my mind has been on the NFL, but no games yet. And the White Sox are playing. And as we know, if I can back them in a favorable spot, your girl will. And that's where I'm going today. Chicago White Sox. I love them on the run line. That's my biggest edge of the day, playing the Minnesota Twins. Let me start by saying the White Sox are feeling it. They've been feeling it all season, but especially now coming off of an unbelievable sweep, sweep excuse me, of the Chicago Cubs, running away with their division as they've done so. And now they're just looking for the top seed. Luis Robert coming off of the IL today. That's going to be awesome. Chicago has just dominated Minnesota this season. They're 12 and four against the Twins, four and two at target field where they are tonight. I always talk about the pitching matchup 
and the mismatch. This is uneven altogether. If you just look at this, we have Burroughs pitching. He was a former first rounder in 2015 DFA'd by Detroit. He is now on the twins. This is his first career start, especially in the openers role. He's had a few relief appearances. He's a righty, excuse me, throws mostly fastballs. And that's where I think the Chicago White Sox are going to be able to get all over Burroughs. His ERA is over 13 against Chicago, just two career appearances. And this is the uh, seventh best offense against fastballs. So I think Burroughs is going to have an absolutely tough time against this offense that's rolling in the White Sox. And then not only that, we have Lucas Giolito, who it's crazy to say he's the third best pitcher on the White Sox. He's been really, really consistent and good for this team. An ERA of just under four at target field. He's been really good against the Twins over his career. I love them on the run line. I talk about the bullpen being better for the White Sox, the offense being better for the White Sox, starting pitching matchup. Far better for the White Sox at a at target field tonight. I have to go with the White Sox on the run line at minus 125. Fantastic handicap. The edge projection is with you. Medium strong confidence on the White Sox money line. And I got to tell you, Sarah, I'm feeling a little baseball heater coming. I think that the, the market's in your favor. Uh, you're warming up here. This is big. Everyone and their mother and brother who bets has bet on the White Sox run line tonight. That's what a big mismatch this is. Almost 90% of the handle on the White Sox run line. They opened at minus 160 on the money line, got to minus 200 early this morning. So a little bit of a, hopefully, a good performance by the White Sox tonight. And I'm hoping this heater comes. I took a break from baseball, but we're back here, Drew. We're back, especially after Zach Wheeler last night. Let's just try to, yesterday, let's keep things going. That's how we wrap up the show on this Monday with good energy only. Be sure to go to NBCSportsEdge.com. You will have all the information you'll need to know after you're done listening to us to continue helping you with your wagers. Thanks for watching on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Again, please do not forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. Good luck with all of your plays for today and tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.